going? I'm doing good. How about you? I am pretty good. It's hot. Uh, it's real hot. We're coming on to the end of July. We're recording this ahead of time, so it'll probably be August when this comes out. But yeah, it's real rough right now. It's it's strange. It's been like a weird... Um, the weather's been very threatening for the past couple of days. Like today, I, I walk... I, I took about a 20-minute walk home from, from work, and like... I was waiting to have to start running the whole time because I was stupid and forgot my umbrella at the office. So like I, I, I didn't have like the, it was just like, I, I felt like phantom raindrops kind of, you know, where mm-hmm. you think you're kind of out in front of it or, you know, but uh, no, I, I made it back. Okay. So just in case anyone was worried, I'm sure I built a lot of tension <laughs> telling that story just now. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the problem is like, so uh, it'll rain and then it's like for like an evening we had there's like a respite from the heat and then the next morning just all that water gets sucked up into the air and you're just walking through just liquid it's the worst it's the worst yeah. part if you're from like a dry climate you might have never experienced this but it's uh it's the worst um <laughs> it's so it's, bad it's it's pretty bad yeah i mean I, I mean i grew up uh in new england so it's not you know i'm kind of used mm-hmm. to the general temperate uh area but uh no it's um i mean it's not as bad as dc i went to college in dc and that's that's truly the worst the worst of the worst um that is the famed swamp that mm. is being is being drained yeah you know, at all, well at, all at times. least then it won't be so swampy yeah i mean that's the main value is that uh guys won't um like ruin their khakis from sweating too much <laughs> i guess um but no it's yeah that that's the worst i mean i think manhattan is you know, and other parts of New York of the city are also sort of swampy originally. Obviously, they're so built up now that it's not that way. So, like, there's a reason that it kind of feels similar. But it, there's really nothing they can touch DC in my in my experience in terms of just how everyone is just given up and just well, we're gross, and that's just how, you know <laughs> that's just how it is. This is our life now. Um, so when did, so you moved to DC for college, and then did you move to New York straight after? Yeah, um, yeah, I've been here for. Uh, longer than I'd like to say. Uh, no, uh, yeah, pretty pretty much. So I've been uh, I was here for grad school. Oh, cool. Um, can I ask what you studied? Uh, law school. So. Oh, right. So you are a lawyer. I am. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know how much you uh, you like to bring that stuff into your online persona. No, I try. I try to keep it sort of you know uh, vague at best. I think yeah. enough people enough people know because I can kind of converse in the language with with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when talking about things, but yeah, I try not to really, you know, cause it's, it's just not, it doesn't seem like a good idea to me to make things sort of, uh, make it clear kind of where I work or what I do or anything like that. It just seems like a bad idea. So I keep it, I keep it kind of general. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't need people calling you at work. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't need a, I don't know, someone who didn't like your, your tweet calling you up, calling, yep. telling your boss is a bad that's, tweet. That's right. Uh, that's generally, generally the goal is to avoid that. So, so far we've been doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so you seem like one of those people to me. And so just for listeners, like we now we've never met before. Is that right, sir? Uh that is right. Okay. Uh so you seem like someone who does all these things. It's so wild to me because you do this law stuff, you do um you do comedy still? Yeah. That's awesome. So you're doing like you were doing, I don't know if you still are weekly shows here. Uh, yeah, no, it's still going. Um, it's been a little bit of rough sledding recently. Just promotion is just really hard. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, 
No, it's yeah, it's uh, every Friday. Um, so that, that's and then I, and then yeah, we get the podcast that um I do with Cast Barbadoro and Eli Uden, who I also run the stand-up show with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it's it, when I when I think about it in those terms, it is kind of a lot. Um, I just I guess I've just sort of like internalized that that's just <laughs> what I do, and I don't yeah. really think about it, you know. Yeah, I think we all have. I think you have to <laughs> to some extent. Um, now tell me about the show. I'm like the, the comedy show. Like when did you start doing comedy? Uh, I started in, I want to say right around the beginning of 2014. Um, make it four years, right? Yeah. Um, I I have my, I always forget what my quote unquote anniversary is, but Mm -hmm. I think it's very early in the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like a friend of mine from college. Um, He'd been doing it for a few years and he was just like, kind of like, oh, you're really funny on Facebook, you know, type, <laughs> type thing, which like, you know, I always, I don't know if I ever really, I never would have done it myself. I never would have like walked into an open mic, you know, mm-hmm. where, where basically it's all comics looking at their phones and nobody laughs. Yeah. Um, I never would have just done that on my own and nor would I've even known where to look for it really. Um, he, this guy just happened to run like a couple things. And so he basically just put me up, um, with like about a month's notice so I could write some stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, I was more nervous than I thought, not because I, not because there were any stakes other than just sort of like the personal stake of, I always thought I'd be good at this maybe, but if I'm bad at it, it's okay. Uh-huh. Cause I have like a career, but also part of me will be dead <laughs> sort of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard, hard to explain. Um, but, uh, it, you know, went okay. And so I, I've kind of half kept at it. I never really have done like the full pedal of the metal thing. Um, just because I can't, because uh, the schedule doesn't really comport with like an office job very well. Um, you know, a lot of the most successful people that I know, successful is is obviously a relative term, but um, you know, the people that are still in New York and they're still kind of grinding it out, you know, but they have TV spots and they have you know albums and half hours on Comedy Central, that kind of stuff. You know, they they do stuff like walk dogs during the day or like mm-hmm. bartend or wait table. You know, so. I can't just like leave my office to go to like <laughs> right. an open mic that's at Bushwick in, in six o'clock. Yeah. In Bushwick yeah. at six o'clock. So I kind of miss out on like the sort of, um, that grind part of it and sort of like the networking part of it. Not that I don't have a bunch of friends, but so I, I'm sort of like a half in half out. Um, I've gotten to go to some comedy festivals and stuff, which is cool, but I, you know, I'm sort of conceding the fact, especially given that I'm a little bit older than maybe a lot of people are when they start um that it's not really going to be like the thing you know it's just sort of Mm -hmm. like a it's like a a fun thing that i do that also could lead to other stuff and not something that i would necessarily stop doing anytime soon but it's not like the the main thrust of whatever my next phase of my life is not going to come from stand-up i don't think yeah that makes sense honestly that makes more sense to me personally than like diving in to stand up and i know a lot of people i know have done that and um Sometimes it works out really great, but it feels like having like one foot in is like you're having fun with it. You're not necessarily like relying on it for most of your income. Uh, it's not like you're you're chasing this thing constantly. And, you know, some people want to do that and that's great. But but if you don't want to, then this seems like a really good way of working that into your life. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 just a function of reality, man. I've got student yeah. loans, I've got stuff, you know, where I just can't, you know, I've got some, I've, I mean, I've saved up some money in my life, you know, I'm not, but I mean, it's not like I could just like take six, I mean, first yeah. of all, you can't, you can't take a sabbatical, you know, I can't, right. I, have to quit, I, I would have to quit my job. Um, there's no like, hey, can I have like six months to see if I get famous? And if not, <laughs> I'll be back 
um, you know, not really how that works. So, uh, you know, and I've had people, you know, the guy who, you know, guy who I'm friendly with who owns a comedy club was like, yeah, you should, you know, just like, you know, I don't know. You got some money saved up. Take like six months and see what happens. It's like, look, man, I don't have a wife and kids or anything, but like, that's not a very responsible (laughs) way to live. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's the test, if that's the purity test of whether I, you know, have that killer instinct, I guess I don't. And that's fine. Um, I've come to terms with that. So, you know, um, there's other things you can do in that sort of sphere, you know, in terms of making people laugh that don't have to be, you know, that pure thing. And it doesn't mean I have to stop doing it. It just means that it's not going to be like the main, the main thing, you know, that's really like, and I'm okay with that. You know, like I said, so it's, you know, uh, and it's also just inherently not something you can really bank on. Like, you know, you, 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 there's nothing at all fair about how it works, right. you know, for, for better or worse. Um, you know, pe- the, the, the J- uh, JFL just came out today, actually, or yesterday or today, I forget which, the new faces, which mm-hmm. is like the sort of, you know, and I have a few friends that are on there and that's great for them. And I have, I don't know if there's anybody that I went like, ugh when I saw them, because I don't know if I know anybody well enough to say that, <laughs> but in the in past years, there have been people who have gotten that where it's like, are you kidding me? You know? And that's just yeah. part, sort of, that's sort of part of any kind of competitive field, I guess. But um, you know, somebody would say the same thing about me, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that if I were to end up in that position, they would say, well, who the, you know, who the hell is this guy? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fun thing. It's, and it's kind of like, a, I don't want to say it's stealing valor cause it's not, but <laughs> like without having to sort of do that, like grind, I get to like be at shows and kind of be on the comic side and not on the sort of, you know, audience side. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a fun little thing. Um, and then when there's like a big, you know, birthday party or some, somebody's moving away or whatever, you know, it's fun to kind of be in that little cohort, um, you know, with a bunch of cool people who are really good at what they do. And and a lot of them are, you know, definitely moving up in the world. So, um, it's cool to see, but it's probably not going to be the path that I take. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems, and that seems fine. Like, um, I think that's hard for a lot of people to do to like, not, want to make something their main thing or not want to not like to sort of resist that, that urge or that pull to sort of make this your all encompassing life's focus and, and not sort of have a broad range of things that you're doing. Um, I feel like that isn't often as rewarded, um, or as lauded because then you're from the outside. It's, it seems like you're not chasing this, this brass ring, right? You're just sort of doing things that make you happy or doing things that pay the bills. And I feel like a lot of the time, like the culture that I'm immersed in on social media, like just wants to see someone doing one thing really, really well. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, I mean, uh, I, I don't have like that sort of maniacal focus on anything really, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I can't really like direct that energy. The only thing that I have like a constant, focus on is just sort of like general anxiety about where things are going, I think. So I don't really have like the, I can't just like channel that into, you know, okay, now I'm just going to like get really good at this and I'm just going to do this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write a screenplay, you know, or what <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't, it's hard to make myself do that kind of stuff. And, and some of it's, you know, you go to work all day, you're tired, you don't want to, you know, yeah. you don't really want to put in that extra effort at night or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, I'm not, taking anything away from anybody, you know, no. I'm not taking, I'm not taking anybody's spot or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's just a, yeah, it's fun for me. It's a great way for me to spend probably like 70 bucks, um, to do, uh, 10 minutes of comedy and then drink a whole lot. So, uh, <laughs> wait, spend $70. 
Well, I mean, I, I we cover the bar tab, and I also buy drinks. I mean, dep- depending on how many people show up, you oh, know, okay, cool. sort of deal with the bar. Yeah. So um, cool. it, it usually ends up being a, a losing proposition, but that's okay. I mean, I can. I that's why I go to work, I guess, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's uh, for that reason, you know, it, alone, it's fun. You know, it, I I do wish sometimes that the show was not on Friday. Because it is sort of like a thing that like becomes the thing I have to deal with if I ever want to go away for the weekend or whatever, mm-hmm. or if Eli does, it just becomes a big pain in the ass. But, um, you know, other and for promotional reasons, I think it might be easier. Although, as I get older, more and more of my friends are getting married and having kids and stuff, so maybe that's better for Friday because they can have their <laughs> one big one big night out every six yeah. months or whatever. <laughs> um, boy, that seems pretty grim. I got to say, I mean, I'm, it they're does. All, they're, they're all happy. You know, no, I'm, I'm sure it's really happy, but I'm just like, I feel like with a cat, I'm, I'm restricted sort of enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, they don't want the same things anymore that, yeah. that they used to want, I guess. Or if, or if they do, they're hiding it. I think, I think there's more of that than maybe <laughs> you think like in the movies, you know, like, oh, well, having a kid changes you. It's like, nah, I'm pretty sure like dirtbags still want to be dirtbags, like, <laughs> you know? But you just kind of put on the mask yeah, because uh, you have to because that's, that's what right. life requires. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you want to hang out with your friend Master Chief any less after you have a kid. Um, it's just that you, right, don't, exactly. you don't have the same amount of time for him to hang out with your friend Halo. Um, so you have to sort of find that time where you can. That's I think that's pretty much it. You know, the, yeah. you got to find that gaming balance. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you a gamer? <laughs> It's uh, a loaded I mean, question. I'm yeah, sorry. right. Well, it's fun. It's funny how it's become this hobby that, like, sort of like it's become like a like a weird like zealotry, you know, yeah. where it's like it's just another it's thing. Not a it's hobby. like a, you know, like I like mo- I I like movies, but yeah. I'm not a um I don't know what the term would be, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, growing up, I played a bunch of stuff, and I and I have stuff now, but I I would never have a strong enough opinion about any of the stuff that creates all these problems for anybody you know i mean um usually what happens is I'll, I'll get a game and then i'll play it until i like forget about it for a week or i can't play for like a week and then i forget where i was in it or yeah. whatever and i just kind of give up and then it's like, well i got probably 60 bucks of enjoyment out of that so right. fair enough. <laughs> yeah no that'll happen to me all the time too and I, so i really appreciate it when some games will be like oh here's where you were like two weeks ago, the last time you started this, and I feel like that right. would be really good for those parents as well. But what's your uh, what's your poison right now? Um, right now, well, it's weird because like I, I I was on a big God of War kick, um, mm-hmm. but I and I got to, I think I'm basically at the end. Um, but I then I then I had I went away for like two weekends in a row, so I just sort of like probably don't even remember how to play anymore. I mean, I'm sure I pick <laughs> it up, but. So it's like daunting to think that I have to do this like big boss fight or whatever. So I'll probably beat that at some point and then I can just delete it off the, uh, off the PS4. But, um, Mario tennis is pretty fun. Although I ran up against some boss that I can't beat. So I'm pretty mad about that. I've had so some like there's ice like a, hands. A tennis or, boss. It's ice hands. Yeah. It's like a, so they have like a one player mode uh-huh. that, um, you have to play a bunch of matches against different characters or whatever, but then, yeah, each like little phase has like a you know there's one where it's like two sets of mirrors and, and you have to like you know bounce it off the mirrors and then hit the uh, it's sorry you know whatever it's all very creative Nintendo stuff but <laughs> um it's like how am I supposed to be this good at this game already this is only like the third boss you know I just guys so I I sort of put that away a little bit but um 
Uh, there's this random baseball game that costs like 30 bucks that I got for PS4. It's called uh, Super Mega Baseball 2, I think, or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's like a very easy just like put the put like the difficulty all the way down to the lowest level and just like hit a bunch of home runs. That's pretty much Hell what yeah. I'm on right now. Yeah, yeah got to sock those dingers. That's absolutely what I was going to say. Are you a big baseball guy? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to pick ones, the one like if I, what sport I follow the most is definitely yeah. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, which I know is sort of conceptually a moral failing, but it's also like what I was raised into, so mm-hmm. I don't really feel like there was a choice made so much. Um, I think I do think that if you are from a different part of the country and you pick the Yankees or you pick, you know, it's kind of like like when I was a kid. Like I love like the '90s Knicks. That's when like when I was kind of coming up, you know. And, and I still played basketball until I was like 12 or 13, and everyone got big, way bigger than me. Um, but like I loved, I, I liked the Knicks, but then I loved Michael Jordan. So I was like, and then I, so I went to like a Knicks game with my parents, dressed in like Bulls gear. <laughs> and then I, I, at some point, I was like, this is embarrassing. I was like embarrassed. I was like, what am I doing? That's the Bulls are not my team. The Knicks are my team. So like. Picking like front running, you know, a team I feel like is uh, is not acceptable. But um, like, like I said, I, I was I was basically born into being a Yankees fan, so I can't really, uh, you know, I, I don't really ascribe too much blame to myself for that. But your mileage may vary, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never really, I guess, for most of my life, I didn't really get baseball. I I don't think I've ever been to a live to like a baseball game. Um, I've been to softball games, and that's. That's good. Mostly when someone I'm dating is playing softball. But sure. um, so as a kid, I didn't really get it. And I'm only starting to kind of get the concept now. But can you like what for you is like the big draw of baseball? Like you said, if you had to pick one sport, it would be that. So what yeah. about it is is it elevates it for you? Well, I mean, I think it has a I think it has a certain appeal to a certain type of person who like is very stat oriented. I mean, not that I like obsess over things like that, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think it is like sort of like the, one of the more thinking man's sort of fan bases, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously there's obviously stupid meatheads and stuff too. But like um, what I like about it most is I think that like the, it, there's no timer, like mm-hmm. you have to get the guy, you have to get the guy out. That's like, that doesn't exist in other sports. I think I just think that's kind of like a cool thing. Um, like, even if you're up, you know, 10, nothing or whatever, you still have to like get through, you know, however many guys until like, until the ninth inning is over, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that, and I, and people say that it's boring and that's fine, but I think that's more of like a, a feature than a, than a yeah. problem. Um, <laughs> cause you don't really have to pay a lot of attention until around now because the all-star break just ended and now it's kind of like, okay, here's the home stretch. we get the last, like. You know, month and a half until you know things start shaping up for the playoffs and we're going to see kind of who's where you know who ends up where um but before that it's kind of like well as long as they're doing okay and they're kind of within striking distance you don't have to like live or die on every game because there's so many games that you'd go crazy if you did that yeah um and i also like that you can just kind of watch it like either at the game or you know like at home and just kind of have it you know going and not be like Obviously, if there's like a rally happening or something, if it's some exciting sort of sequence, then yeah, you're going to be paying very close attention. But otherwise, like, you know, even the players, the game just kind of proceeds at a pace. (laughs) And then if something exciting happens, something exciting happens. So um, I don't know. I I think I I just think it's kind of unique in all in all those ways. I I think it's fun for that reason. Yeah. And I I feel like I forget where I heard this, but someone once told me that um, 
baseball is like a, a game that is like made for the radio or like you can like listening to baseball on the radio almost you get like a batter or like different kind of picture than you do watching it like on tv yeah, um, yeah, yeah and like compared to other sports it's it's so much more listenable and so much easier to have it on um because things aren't constantly happening there's like you know there's breaks and swells and it there's this really nice rhythm to it that makes it really well suited to an acoustic medium yeah and i think that's true I, and i think there is a it lends itself to performance in a way that other ones don't because you don't have to react as fast. You can sort of, you know, even if like a home run happens or whatever, you, you know, it's, it, you have like five seconds before the ball's out of the park. So there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of time to kind of, it's not instant, like in, you know, like a goal in hockey or like a, you know, even like something high scoring, like the NBA, you know, unless you're at the end of the game or something, it's not going to be, you're not going to, you're not hanging, you're living or dying on every basket. So it's not like a big, mm -hmm. you don't have to do a big theatrical thing, but yeah, I mean, with baseball, it's, you know, runs are usually rare enough that you can kind of rev up for that. Um, the guy for the Yankees, this guy, John Sterling, um, he's like their main play-by-play -play guy. And there's also Susan Waldman. Um, I think they're horrible. Not for me. I know mm -hmm. that they're like institutions, but, and they've been around forever. But like, John Sterling will do this thing where he just like way oversells what's going on. And some of it is that he just, I think at this point, he's been doing it for like so long and he's just old. And he doesn't realize that like a pop-up is not a home run or not even close <laughs> to a home run. So he'll be like, you know, it, his big home run call is, it is high, it is far, it is gone. And he will do like, it is high, it is far, it is caught by the second base. You know what I mean? It's like not, <laughs> that was never going to be uh -huh. close. Yeah. And he, he also does these, um, he does these like weird, uh, home run like signature home run calls for each player so like every time they pick up a new free agent or something it'll be like oh what's the home run call gonna be and they're all just like super weird like he's he's i i was shocked to find out that he was at one point married and has kids because he to me is like the most confirmed bachelor type like, <laughs> of all time because he's this weird kind of queeny like guy who like makes references to broadway shows from like 80 years ago in mm -hmm. his baseball home run calls like there's this guy named Curtis Granderson and the home run call was like the grandy man can, which fine, but also, um, <laughs> Curtis, you're, you're something sort of grandish. And like that apparently is some musical from like a hundred years ago or something. And it's like, you know, that this is like a baseball audience, right? These are sports people. Like what, like, who is that? Who is that reference for? And it's just that I just pictured him as being like this guy who has like a bunch of cats and like, whenever he's not at the ballpark, he's like, you know, at the tickets booth, you know, or whatever. Like, it makes up money doesn't do that, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just, it's a very weird, like, sort of dissonance between this guy's persona and what's going on on the field. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But mainly, the, mainly the, the rhythm is just very off-putting to me, so I don't know. I mean, everybody hates, I think, I think most people hate their play-by-play -play guy. That's, like, one of the weirdest sort of things in sports. Even uh -huh. the, TV guy, the TV guy, it's like, either you don't like your guy because you think they're annoying for some reason, or if it's like a neutral person, you know, uh -huh. like if, if it's like a playoff game. So you have like Joe Buck or whoever, everyone always thinks that guy likes the other team. That's uh, like the, okay. So they're like, you like my parents are always like this and they just get really mad about like, you know, Oh wow. He just loves, you know, the Red Sox or, you know, it's like, I don't, I think you just can't win if you're one of those guys. <laughs> I really don't think there's any way to, um, so, you know, and I'm not saying that uh, we need to be more sympathetic to Joe Buck or anything, but I do think that the, that situation is basically designed. People get mad at you. So um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I grew up watching hockey and football yeah. 
to some extent. Um, and so in Canada, we have this, I guess it's technically a TV show called Hockey Night in Canada, um, which had a, um, a theme song. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think by this guy named Stompin' Tom Connors, uh, which it's is a great name, maybe one of the most Canadian things in the world. Uh, <laughs> and one of the, or no, it's just called the hockey song. It's, it's just called the hockey song. Um, but yeah, so hockey night in Canada, there is this guy, Don Cherry. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. He's got all weird suits, weird suits, dog, and kind of really upset most of the time. Yeah. Sort of like a bad guy. Um, like he, <laughs> yeah. he loves, yeah, he loves he's to saying... fight. He, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's just kind of a, a, a dick, I think. Sure. Yeah. I think I, I, I remember I'll, I'll see occasionally on Deadspin or whatever, some headline about him saying something bad. I, I definitely, yeah. I, I yeah. I, I can picture him. He supported the Iraq war. <laughs> That's all I know. Sure. God. Um, yeah, also it's a, it's he, he, an important he, thing for a sportscaster to have a position on. Right. Also. You really want to um to take a stand on that because otherwise how will your fans know whether to be alienated or not, you know? Yeah, he look you know, he looks like a um, I just Google imaged him right now and he just he looks like a he looks like a pro wrestling valet. That, that's what <laughs> like because there's like because there's one of them he has like a weird like pickup artist hat on like a you know mm-hmm. like a like a lime green but it's like a tiger print and it's like fur- furry but it matches his suit yeah i mean clearly he's like leaned into this uh, obviously in a way that you know i mean even he probably thinks it's ridiculous um but he's kind of like um there's a couple of basketball guys that are known for like their suits too i mean craig sager passed away but he had like awesome like he was like always dressed in like a suit man of drapes and uh Clyde Frazier, who's like one of the Knicks guys, um, former player, he also has like really great sort of goofy clothes. But I don't think either of them was a big uh, Iraq war guy, but I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I am. Sorry, I just remembered that Don Cherry was in a Canadian cartoon that starred Leslie Nielsen. uh, And Don Cherry was a henchman for one of the villains. Like it was like the character looks like him and he and he did the voice. Um, and this was a show that also starred Ryan Reynolds and, um, yeah. Is there like, is there like a secret, like shadow Hollywood in Canada? (laughs) What's going on? Absolutely. No, we just make a lot of weird cartoons. Um, I don't know. What would, what would it be called? It's like Bollywood. It'd be like sorry wood. Cause you guys are always apologizing. (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry wood. Yeah. Um, (laughs) oh, yeah. Wait. So, what was it? Was Leslie Nielsen just doing like another Frank Drebin type guy, or, or what was the? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, he was a superhero. Um, okay. And they they were going to do a second season, possibly, but obviously then he died, so, um, so they couldn't do that, which is a oh, real so this, real okay, shame. So this was late in the. This was late in his. Uh, okay. Yeah. This was like two thousands, I think. Wow. I think I think he is somebody who really sort of gets overlooked in terms of just how much of it like just one of the all-time good dudes oh absolutely i mean his i mean and plus his i think his um doesn't his headstone say like letter rip or something (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's so great it's so good god Uh, i mean like even like i mean even the later stuff like spy hard is not great but it's still 
it still is entertaining in the way that all of his stuff is entertaining, you know? And mm-hmm. he's always, he's so game for everything that it's just like, you can't not admire it. I think, yeah. um, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I, I feel pretty strongly about him getting kind of overlooked. And then the other one who's also Canadian, which is why I popped into my head. Cause I think Tom green has really been overlooked. <laughs> oh my God. You think so? I think that Tom green, that Tom green show in the, in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, was extremely formative and extremely important to a lot of pe- a lot of the modern sense of humor. Oh yeah, I think it was ahead of its time in some ways. I mean, it, it's just like because you, you can do a through line to a lot of absurdist type stuff yep, just directly yep. from that. Um, and, and and obviously Chris, you know, like the, the like get a life, Chris Elliott, all that stuff from earlier, and you know, but 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 in terms of like what was like massively popular, like I mean, the Tom Green got that Bum Bum song number one on TRL. I remember that. Oh my and God. It, it was yes. just like, you know, and that, that, and that was like just such a weird time in history because it was like, there were no trends that dominated above anything else. So yeah. like if, you, if you'd watch TRL in those days, it was like bum bum song number one for like the third week in a row, you know, like the 15th day in a row or whatever. And then it would be like Britney Spears, then corn, then you know, it, like there, mm-hmm. there, there was no dominant. Yeah. Genre. It was like, a it was weird and really wild mix. time. Um, which I kind of, which I kind of miss because it was now everything that I feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, like good old days because obviously those were not particularly good in any, any meaningful way. Um, but it just feels like there's not that much like, uh, sort of like that much crazy diversity in the sort of types of music, you know, obviously there's a lot more stuff out there now and everyone has more access to it. But I still feel like when I go out, I hear like the same three Drake songs every time I go out. So I, I don't really know what. You know, I got to go to new places, I guess, maybe. Maybe. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it's just like similar things happening on the Internet in terms of just consolidation, um, centralization of social media sites. And like with with media, too, and with like, you know, music, it's a lot about like monopolization and like just kind of gobbling up, um, you know, music companies and like media companies gobbling each other up until they're just like these huge powers that have like a pretty standardized way of doing things and, and of the kinds of things they present. Right. Trunk. Yeah, their, their way of doing things is to, uh, to uh, fire half their stuff to, to ruin them. Uh, yeah. That's the way they do it. Um, it's basically like Scott Pruitt, but for journalism, like it's like they, they this company was created to like destroy the thing that it pur- purports to like mm-hmm. be doing. I don't know. It's very strange. Um, uh, but no, Tom green, like, so Tom green, like I think about, there's the there's one sketch I think about all the time. And oh, I hope it's the one that I'm thinking of. Is it Undercutter's Pizza? No, I don't all remember right, so, that one. Tell me. So Undercutter's Pizza is he just he has a he gets in a car and he follows a pizza guy. <laughs> okay. And he he also has a pizza. Yeah. And then he he comes up behind the guy and he goes, Oh no, no, I'm I'm from Undercutters. We're from Undercutters, you know, because the the way he talks was always very sort of um over the top. And the guy's like, get out of here. And he's like, no, what kind of toppings did you have? And he has a tackle box full of toppings. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is that he's there basically just trying to like, uh, for a little bit less, trying to like, you know, horn in on the guys. And he gets like threatened immediately by, by like the guy who own, lives in the house, which I thought was weird. Like he, huh. the, guy, the guy who lives in the house was madder than the p- other pizza guy, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, but uh, I just, I just think of that as like a, that was just such a, I thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. And it still is very funny, but I, I just, I remember it. And then I, of course I was like happy to see that it was on YouTube because I was like, I have to, I need to see this when I remembered it again after like, you know, 10 years or whatever. Um, so yeah, big up, big ups to Tom Green, I gotta say. And also, also Freddie got fingered 
he made a truly insane movie because he <laughs> fooled he fooled a bunch of suits into giving him a bunch of money. Yeah. And then he made that. And some and some parts of Freddy Got Fingered are incredible. And then a lot mm-hmm. of it is just like, what the hell is this? Yep. Um, but you gotta respect the, the whole sort of enterprise. Um yeah. because it was definitely like my niece tells me this is the new hot guy. We gotta we gotta get him in the movie. <laughs> and then it's just like a you know. Uh, he uh, like a false accusation of child molestation is like the main plot point, and then yeah, it's like okay, well here we are. Uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, he's like blowing a horse or something. I don't. Uh, I don't it's like completely yeah. insane. Um, I think yeah, so. so. There was one segment that I'm pretty sure we have talked about on this show before, and I, I don't remember when. It could have been years ago, but um, the slut mobile. Is very important. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, on the <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> he paints uh like two women having sex on the hood of his parents' car, and uh yep, it's just like I thought you like lesbians. I thought you guys like lesbians, Dad. Why aren't you <laughs> driving your slutmobile? And it, I mean, it was like okay, yeah, you are like harassing your parents, but yeah, I mean, like in retrospect, like I, you know, he was Canadian, so I um I grew up watching it to the extent that I could sneak over to a friend's house and, and see it because my parents just sort of had vaguely heard of it and were like, Mm-mm, that goes in the pile, <laughs> that goes in the pile with pro wrestling and South park. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was probably influenced my sense of humor as well. And one thing I always forget about him is that he was married to Drew Barrymore for like a year. Yeah. And their house burned down. Right. They, yeah. they really got, they got, a, they got a lot of news out of that. Yeah. relationship yeah that, that's true he was married to drew Brown. yeah she uh that was like right after her like wild phase right that was like right around when she had like the resurgence they got married i want to yeah, say yeah i think so so i guess maybe he weirdly sort of helped her tame herself a little bit which yes. you wouldn't expect um yeah. he doesn't really seem like he's a crazy guy either. no that's, i think yeah, he's, he thing. seems pretty uh like i was looking there's a quote um or there there's this rumor that the reason that the show uh, got taken off the air is because like there is a segment where he shows up to a bar mitzvah dressed as Hitler. And he's just like, <laughs> no, I, I have never done that. I would never like, that's a horrible thing. Like, why would anyone do that? Um, like I've never even been to a bar mitzvah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah he, no, it's, it, it's not like he, I mean, he, it was never me- really mean, you know? Ex- like, yeah. It, except maybe to his parents, but that's, but. yeah. <laughs> Well, that well, that's like that's like proto like Viva La Bam stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, the 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 Canadian one's a little bit more nuanced, and the American one is just this, this guy in Pennsylvania beating the shit out of his dad every you know <laughs> while he's asleep or whatever. It's like we really <sighs> we really we turned it up to eleven. We did it, you know. Uh, pranks versus just outright, you know, beating him up. Although his parents don't hate him or anything, so whatever, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, that 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 struck me as less. Um, yeah, it, it, that that was. I mean, obviously people got mad, but it wasn't like. Yeah, it wasn't like it, he was out to really get any. You know, and it wasn't really. I guess on any kind of candid camera thing, it's sort of inherently punching down because they're sort of minding their own business sure. type people. But it wasn't like in the way that you know that you say that you worry about punching down in comedy. I guess if that right. makes sense. Also, do you remember when he did that like that special about um, having cancer? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, testicular cancer, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like yeah. really like intense and like I, I feel like it wasn't that jo- like it wasn't that jokey. I might be misremembering it, but I think it was like a lot of just like 
wow, here's how I dealt with this awful thing. And like, here's how my family dealt with it. And here's like what it actually looked like when I got surgery. Yeah, no, he, yeah, that's right. He, he did the special and that's what stopped the show. I, that, uh, that's from what I, now that I think about it, but I, I remember hearing that rumor about the, so that, that rumor about the Hitler thing that was up there with like the Marilyn Manson got his ribs taken oh, out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or Marilyn Manson was going to kill himself on stage. Um, like there were these weird rumors that like spread in a way that didn't seem possible without the internet. And yet everyone know, like a Marilyn Manson one, everyone knows that one. And that was like in 1996. That was before yeah. anybody was online. That wasn't like anybody was, you know, not in any, maybe like the one kid who had like AOL, like told everybody else. I, I, I don't, I don't, I still don't know how that works. I feel like those kinds of rumors, like actually paradoxically can't exist anymore. They were, they were maybe spread further in the age of like message boards. But now that anyone could just like Google, like did this person, did Richard Gere ever put a hamster up his ass? Like, it's like, no. And I mean, a lot of people still go around believing those things, but like it, it almost feels like what's happened is like they've metamorphed into like this kind of ironic rumor thing where you'll get those like threads like um, Iggy Azalea is like a clone or like Avril Lavigne was is like actually dead and someone else replaced her a thread. And it's just like this like huge list of tweets about that. But it's not serious, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Andrew WK is is a different one than the first one. I, I, I feel pretty strong about uh-huh. that. Oh, of course, um, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, and, and I think that I mean, aside from Snopes, which, as we all know, is Soros-funded fake news mm-hmm, propaganda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, and half the time when you're talking about celebrities, like, enough of these people who, like, should be doing other things with their lives are online enough that they'll respond <laughs> to the rumor, like, way before it has a chance to go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, Why are so you online? Like, if you're rich or famous, why are you on Twitter? Get on Instagram. That's where rich and famous people should go. Yeah, Twitter is, like, it's not... I mean, I, it shows you how universal this like need for dopamine hits of like people mm-hmm. telling me I'm good is because like Elon Musk, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, go <laughs> buy an island. Like, yeah. are you out of your mind? You're calling some guy a pedophile online because you're mad about whatever. Obviously, he's got his own. I mean, it seems to me that most people who end up in that situation, the billionaires have weird grievances that they have to work out. It's just cool that. They work them out on everyone else because they end up in the position of power. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's cool to me. Um, but it, it it really is just like bizarre that somebody like that would need to be getting praise from, you know, people, the little people, quote unquote, you know, when it's like, just go like sit in like a solid gold room, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, or what? I don't go know. What, Scrooge you know. McDuck swim through a pile of coins. It's the summer, right? Why are yeah. you not in the Why are you not in the Greek islands right now? Like, right. Why are you any, Why are you anywhere other than or like Capri or something? Like what? Why? What are you thinking? You know, or, or Tulum, right? That's where. That's another place that all rich people go. That's sure. More, yeah. That's more. That's more Instagram models, though. I think. Okay. Um. It's like some. It's like in Mexico, right? Am I right? Am I making this up? Well, I've never been on Instagram, so I don't actually know. Is this for real? Is this a bit? Um. I had an Instagram account for like a year. Um. Like five or six years ago. And then I was like, this isn't really for me. Um, I, I can't, you know, I already had a Twitter account that had like kind of a sizable presence. And I was like, I don't feel like doing that in another medium. I'm going to go back yeah. to the thing where people pay attention to me. That's fair. It, it is a different sort of like, yeah, it would be nice to just be able to like transfer over the same <laughs> amount of influence. <laughs> 
Um, no, it's, it, but but I mean, I, I I like it because I like like fun pictures and like there's like weird dogs and stuff that aren't on. You yeah, know, it don't seems have, like, much accounts. chiller. But yeah, well, I mean, it isn't. It isn't. It probably you can make it very unhealthy if you are, for example, like a young woman who's following a bunch of yeah. psycho, psycho, you know, inspo, whatever, you know, things or, you know, things about how you don't need to eat or whatever uh-huh. people do, you know? Yeah. But, that's sort of like one reason I'm not on Instagram is like, if I wanted to see beautiful, rich people, I would just go into Manhattan, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, there's some people that I like, it's like, why, like, I still have Facebook, even though I don't, like, I, I really only use it for making the Facebook event for the comedy show every Friday that no one reads and no one clicks on. Um, and also like net, like uh, booking people and stuff through messenger is the easiest way to get people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the actual, like main Facebook, I like never use it. Um, there's a few people that I would maybe try to contact through it, like from my, from college or whatever. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's mostly like people, like people tend to be on Instagram more, not that I do any messaging with anybody on there, but just in terms of like, seeing what's going on in someone's life. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a nice little, you know, um, I think most people have kind of left Facebook behind anyway. So like, it's not, they're not going to be on. And I think enough people know enough to kind of stay away from Twitter, at least in terms of any in, frequent posting sort of thing. Yeah. Um, most people I know in real life are not particularly, well, except from people that I've met on there, obviously, but um, are like, yeah, I have an account, but I, I'm not like you. I'm not an insane person. <laughs> I was once like you. I once didn't post but I caught this curse. And, yeah. Um, well, it's, you know, it, it's fun because you get uh, random things happening. Like, like the drummer from Imagine Dragons replied to the uh, post we did for the podcast. Cause we made fun of that song in the Mission <laughs> Impossible trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and he, res- and he responded like with, a, with like a laughing face, like okay. plug or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, like, he was being like a good sport. Are, yeah. Things like that are fun. That also makes me wonder, cause that was a Patreon episode. So, why does that mean either he subscribes or someone he knows subscribes i don't know it's kind of funny to think about but um it's funny you i mean that stuff like that is is fun to me like you know i guess it can be bad because like you can't really talk shit if people can find your stuff which is good because talking shit is not really very healthy i don't think anyway um not about like i don't know about art and stuff i don't know you know because i I know how i feel about stuff that i make and i wouldn't want somebody just bagging on it you know it would make me feel a little bad so you know, save that for the group text or whatever, right? That's that's the that's the healthier way to do it. Um, don't put it on the timeline. But um, yeah, like I was at I was at a, like a beach bar this weekend, and they had like a '90s band that was playing, mm-hmm. and I posted like a video at very late of the they did like it was a, they did like a I will always love you, and like the girl had like a really great voice, mm-hmm. and I posted like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen or something like that. You know, it was like two thirty in the morning, and uh, and like the next day. Like, dude, it's like, oh, hey, man, this is the drummer from the band. Like, that, thanks so much. It means a lot. Love your stuff on Twitter. And I was like, what is going on? I'm getting cross found on Instagram by <laughs> some guy who's the drummer in this 90s band. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, you know, like, we both have the same illness. So mm-hmm. um, mine just extends a little bit more to Instagram, I guess, mostly because I have pictures <laughs> of the dog. You know, I don't post mm. anything interesting otherwise. Yeah, that is. That is good. I think I maybe just want to follow all my friends' dog accounts. Maybe I'll start one for my cat. And uh, that could be an, a way for me to get onto Instagram. Although, do I even want to? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I've thought, I've thought about doing, a, doing an account for my parents' dog, Willie. But, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, if I can make money on it, I would absolutely do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Monetize um, <laughs> that pet. 
I would sell out immediately. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. no, my parents would get a kick out of it anyway. They're like, wow, these people all really like like him. Huh? I was like, yeah, <laughs> they, they do. I remember um, when Lin Manuel Miranda retweeted a picture of my cat, um, and so it's really odd to think that like thousands of strangers have seen her. Um, and like my friends will come over and be like, Oh, is this Mona? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I do yeah. post a lot of pictures of her, but I don't, uh, think, I don't know if anybody has met. Or I say met like I'm <laughs> like I'm a pet owner. It's stupid. I, it's kind of thing I used to make fun of. Um, <laughs> although, although I will say meeting a dog is closer to meeting than meeting a baby. Oh, sure. Because you, yeah. Because a dog, at least dog you, knows get, like, what's two, up. you get like a response from like a baby's just kind of like, eh. Um, but, um, I don't know if any of my friends or really anybody cause he, cause he's in, cause my parents are in Florida most of the time now. And like, nobody's come down there with me. Um, and he comes up to visit like when they come back to the house for like a couple months a year, but I just don't like the timing has worked out where I've really hung out with anybody, but somebody someday will meet him. Um, and, uh, that'll be fun, I guess. But, um, for now it's just like, is this really real? Like nobody's actually, you know, like put their hands in the wounds of the dog, so to speak. It's just, uh, you know, me posting these disembodied pictures that I say my mom sends me. So that's kind of what, what, what the account is currently. Mm-hmm. So this is normally the part of the show when I would say, do you want to move on to the only segment that we do? Um, but I want to do some other segments. Um, I want to do, do you want to do something called Bev check? Yeah, sure. What's that? Uh, what are you, what are you drinking? Yeah. We just check what we're drinking. What are you drinking? Um, tap water in one of those, uh, swell things. Those like stainless steel, um, they keep your drinks cold. I don't things. know them. It's just like a, they just like reinvented the thermos, but it looks like a bottle more. Okay. That's cool. Um, I, oh, I, they, I see. I, I got it as a gift. I, I think, I think it, they probably cost way more than they should too. Um, yeah. But it's, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I'm very primitive when I will like ha- fill it up and I like, do you, you're not supposed to put it in the fridge cause it can like mess with, I guess like the seal or something or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I just leave it on the counter and like, it'll be cold water and on the counter and I'll get back from work like eight hours later and it's still cold. And I'll be like, Whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> um, really pretty simple stuff. There's like a double layer of stainless steel, but, um, you know, Hey, whatever. So what's, what's your, what's your Bev? Um, I'm working on a two liter of Canada dry lemon lime seltzer. Okay. I'm drinking it out of a, um, a pint glass from my roommate, Eric's drunk education event series, which, uh, is sort of like a crust, like you would find at a, um, on a, on a college or something. And the motto at the bottom says Vir Khalidi Est, which I've been told is a, is a bad Latin translation of man. It's a hot one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's me. Um, I find the Canada dry. I don't know. I mean, I have a certain loyalty to it, but I don't think yeah, this is gonna, good. I was say it's, it's on brand. Yeah, I know it is, but, um, no, I think, I think there are better ones, but, uh, is, is drunk education the one that used to be drunk Ted talks and then, they yeah. And then they, they threatened to sue. So he had to change it. Well, I mean, I, I get. I mean, I get it. Like, I get that you right. have to protect your trademarks and all that stuff. But there is like a there is like a sort of in between area where it's like we really this thing is clearly done at least somewhat out of affection for this brand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily hurting us. But yeah, I guess I guess the fact that it's a drunk thing is you kind of have to be like, look, yeah. you know, we're not we're not we're not happy about it, but we have to kind of you know 
It's like you're the uh, it's like you're the cool RA in the dorm, you know? <laughs> hey, listen, guys. Look, if it was up to me, I wouldn't write you up, but uh, you know, hey, come on, yeah, this, is laundry, this is the laundry room. It's not the cafeteria. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to do one more segment before we move on to the only real segment. These are all fake made up segments. Um, fake segments. Yeah. Um, so I got a, um, someone sent me a box of stuff today. Just like some stuff in it. Um, it's kind of like one of, it's not like a loot box. It's just like a guy who runs a website that I like. Um, the site's called Dinosaur Dracula. I think I've mentioned them before on the show, but like, um, it's just like a weird, like pop culture detritus kind of thing. And so, okay. like, the way he, that he keeps the site going is, like, people, it's, instead of a Patreon, people just send him, like, a certain amount of money a month, and then he sends them, like, a box full of garbage. Um, or, like, good garbage. So, right now, I've got, like, a bunch of trading card packs in front of me, which um, I haven't really seen or thought about since I was a kid. And um, I have five packs, and I'm going to ask you which one you'd like me to open. And okay. I'll, I'll describe some of the cards. Um, so, I've got... South Pole Vacation featuring the Coca-Cola polar bears. It was the 90s trading. Everyone was super greedy and was like, these trading cards are going to be really, like, really valuable. These comic variant covers are going to be really valuable. These beanie babies are going to be really valuable. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was the, a I did that. I, yeah. I had magic cards that I, I think I'm sure I got rid of them, but I thought that I could probably could make some money on those if I still had those. But some of those are still are still valuable yeah because you're actually they're used to like win tournaments and stuff but uh yeah and we definitely we definitely had be i mean i had beanie babies too i think oh it yeah was like, so me too yeah it was not an investment vehicle it was a oh i have like it's like activated that part of my brain that has yeah. that needs to collect things and right that's just, you know, primal yeah. urge to catch them all uh <laughs> so the next set is called um pro set superstars music cards with facts about your favorite rock pop and rap stars Okay. Um, also, you can win a rock and roll trip to London. So that's exciting. Uh, there's one called Wildlife in Danger from the WWF, which is probably going to be kind of a downer. Um, there is the, uh, <laughs> there's a cards from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, okay. Which uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still never seen. And then there is a Gremlins 2, the new batch um, cards, which also does include a stick of bubble gum. Gotta go. I mean, I'm going to, I already know you got to go to Gremlins 2. Gremlins I'm, 2 I'm a, it is. I'm a big Gremlins 2 head. So all right. A... All right. I'm going to open this. It's a weird package. It's not like all the other ones are foil. This is like a wax paper. Oh, I'm yeah. Sort I, of like I know, peeling I know off. Yeah. 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 Okay. These are the old kind that are kind of like printed on just like cardboard. You know, they're kind of like dull. Um, yeah. They, they don't they, have they that didn't luster. Like the, the, you didn't get like the glossy treatment for the. Uh... No, no. And these are from 1990. So I think the gum's probably still good. Yeah, I, sure. I always just think that uh, that um, that Simpsons episode where Milhouse bites into it, like the monkey's trading cards gum, and just shatters the inside of his mouth. Okay, so <laughs> uh, what have we got here? Um, got a bunch of scenes from the film. So, uh, okay, Marge signing off. Uh, I haven't seen this film, so I'm going to try and figure out what's going on. There's a woman with kind of curly hair. And there is a gremlin coming up behind her, and she's screaming. Is she a redhead? She is. That's the cooking show. They go crazy on the cooking show set. <laughs> yeah, it says, Microwave Marge is attacked from behind and abruptly and her abruptly cancels her television career. Yeah, oh, so, wow. let me, all right, so I, I can give you a, a very brief rundown of kind of what's going, what's going on in this movie. Um, 
it's actually really interesting because like the first Gremlins is like a straight up kind of like a straight up a horror movie. Like it, you know, it, it's not it's not like scary as much in that sense, but it's not you know like, like Gremlins two like somebody really went for it. I don't know what led to it or what, but like it all takes place in this one skyscraper uh, called the Clamp Building, and it's basically Trump. They got a guy that basically plays like a Trump type guy, uh-huh. like you know, and he's in the building. He's not like stupid like Trump, but he's like, you know, we got the hair and everything like that. And um, Billy, who is like the main guy from the first one, is working at this big conglomerate, you know, in, in like la- architecture design, landscape design or something. And I forget what what contrives the scenario, but Gizmo, who is the little cute guy from probably he's probably on the front of the pack. Um, he gets wet or whatever. And if you get them wet, then they make the bad gremlins like mm-hmm. they like pop. They like pop out of his back. And then once that starts, they start to run amok all over the building. And but the, so within the building, there's stuff like there's a television studio. So there's multiple different shows. There is a uh, I think a movie theater at one point. I don't remember exactly. It's really it, that, that's like a, there's like a weird third wall moment. That's oh the, yeah, the fourth wall moment. That's I, really fun. I do. With Hulk, I have seen with Hulk that Hogan. scene. Yes. Yeah. And they actually and actually it's pretty cool. Joe Dante they redid it for when it came out on VHS. And so instead of a movie theater, it's like a weird, like tracking error. Like they actually <laughs> shot a new scene. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but, um, uh, um, so, and there's also, uh, the, the most important part to me is that there's also a, um, like an, ex- like a, like a animal experiment lab, which is uh-huh. overseen by the guy, who, by Christopher Lee, um, <laughs> who played like Saruman and the Lord. Yeah. Marines. And Dracula. And so he's just like, we have to do the experiments, you know, like that guy. And um, he then like, there's various gr- flavors of gremlin that get made. So there's like one that has like bat wings, like a vampire gremlin. There's one that um, is like a uh, super smart. And he like has a weird like talk show that they have later. Oh, yeah. And then, and then there's one that um, has the power of electricity. So it's basically like a God. It's like unkillable. It like goes into like the circuits. <laughs> It's way more overpowered than the rest of the gremlins. And then the, my favorite one is the one that's just the salad. It's like, it just gets like vegetables. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's like made out of vegetables. That's the big, that's uh-huh. the big power this gremlin has. And at one point it pops out of the salad bar and kills a guy. And um, it's kind of like a fat middle management guy. So the immediate thought process is like this guy, like the most undignified way to go out. His wife like harangued him into finally having a salad for lunch, and this is how he dies. Oh no! So anyway, um, so I, that's I, my own sort of projection onto that scene. But uh, <laughs> but no, Gremlins Two is great. I mean, well, what are the rest of the cards? What else we got? Uh, let me see what else there is. Um, there's one of just Lenny the Mogwai. So he's just like pre. So they don't turn into Gremlins. They just like expel Gremlins. Well, like. I'm trying to, I, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't remember exactly now, but cause Gizmo never turns bad. Okay. There are like bad, there are, okay, he's, but there are like bad Mogwai, which is the ones that you're probably looking at. Um, I don't know exactly where they came from, if not from him. Yeah. Um, I think they must've come from him. I mean, it, I just don't know what, what, I mean, maybe like a sprinkler goes off or something in the building and that's what leads to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, they like all kind of they like eventually like tie him up and are like beating him up and stuff. So I'm not, I, it's not clear. It's not a very clear, understandable taxonomy of how these things are created. <laughs> okay. So um, the, the other two cards that are of interest to me 
Um, there's one where Leonard Moulton is uh, filming a movie review television show. And yep. he's talking about how terrible the first Gremlins movie was. So the first Gremlins movie exists in Gremlins 2. Um, That's right. In universe. <laughs> and then he's he's killed by the Gremlins, presumably. Um, and then there's also a character named Grandpa Fred, who I'm pretty sure is the grandpa from the Munsters. Uh, that's right. Yep. And, and yeah, Grandpa Fred's big thing is that he's like, a he's sort of like a male Elvira, you know, in, in like a, like a, <laughs> you know, like, not like, obviously he's not like sexy or whatever, but like, you know, he's like, well, ho- speaker he well. like hosts. Well, that's fair. Um, but he hosts like, you know, like a spooky movie sort of, you know, after Sunday afternoon, but for kids, I think. Uh-huh. And, um, and he like sort of becomes like a, a real journalist, like, because like, he just like, he like takes over and is like, is like, uh, like, is he, and he, and he, he commandeers, um, the guy who played long duck dong in, uh, uh, pretty in pink mm-hmm. or 16 candles or one that is. And he's like the camera guy because, you know, Japanese guys always have cameras. It's the eighties or late eighties, early nineties. Um, uh, but he becomes like an actual, like on the scene news reporter, but he's still dressed like Dracula. Huh? So, so he has like a, he has he has like a nice little arc. I just noticed. So I, I looked it up, and he's actually not uh, Grandpa Monster. He just looks a lot like him. Um, they're oh, played by different right. people. It's a, it, yeah, it's like a different guy. You're right. But it's like this. I'm holding this picture up, and like they look very very similar. It's uncanny. So I don't know if they tried to sort of uh, pull that off, but um, well, yeah, couldn't get Al Lewis, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh no, he's oh that's right. The guy he's the he's all he's the boss in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's who that guy is. Oh, the one that he's at like dinner with when he has to be when he has to be them both. You know when he has to like go keep changing in the bathroom or whatever. Let me look that's this that, up. Oh, when he's older, yeah. Do you ever think about how um how uh you know I hate to say this about a character that Robin Williams played, but about how that character is the villain in that movie. Um, Have you ever thought about that? That, that Mrs. Doubtfire is the villain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he uh, yeah. I mean, well, like he, he's, he's violating the custody arrangements and all that. So well, he's, he's breaking sure. the law. That, yeah. But law isn't morality. What I'm saying is that there's a, there's a scene and I'm, I think I'm probably, lifting this from um the show stop podcasting yourself I, I feel like i heard it somewhere recently and it was like this really compelling theory but you know so um first of all he just like quits his job because he, he's like this is the moral line i won't cross doing a cigarette ad um right. and he's got kids and he's like you know obviously it's complicated because he doesn't want kids to start smoking but it's like dude first of all like come on um and then you got Pierce Brosnan who's coming in, who's like, by all accounts, a decent guy, a good stepdad. And he's not just in it for the wife. Like he's like having a conversation with his friend and he's like, yeah, I know. I really like their family. I think it's really great. And then Mrs. Delphire starts throwing fruit at him. Yeah, that's true. He did. It's weird that they didn't make Pierce Brosnan into like a little bit more hateable than he, I mean, right, like, just, yeah. just because he's good looking doesn't mean you have to hate him. Like he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> right. They expect us to sort of like, just just go with it on that basis I mean, that he's not funny and that he's he's attractive different question you know of why like a single like successful businessman has got the hots for sally field especially when she's got three kids and like a whole a whole lot to deal with you know 
<laughs> Maybe he's not the most really devoted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so yeah. No, and he just kind of like, what is he just kind of like shuffle off at the end? Like, I, I don't even really understand. Like, do they they don't stay together, right? They, I need to look. I haven't seen this movie in probably fifteen years, so I need. I do need to look up the ending because it could be basically anything, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he, he doesn't like 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 Robin Williams doesn't get back together with with Sally Field. Like they they, they end up on like good terms, right? Or no, maybe they do get back together. They're like, um, or, or at least they're sharing a meal or something with the, somebody's birthday or something like that. I think. Okay, so. He is, is the judge gives his wife full custody because his life is deemed unorthodox and potentially harmful to his children. So then they get all sad because they're like, "We love Mrs. Doubtfire." We, I don't know why they're British, now. <laughs> but uh, they they miss Mrs. Doubtfire, and then um, and then he starts hosting a show as Mrs. Doubtfire, and then becomes like really successful as that, and then. They hire him as the kid's babysitter and wait, what happened? Where's the, what's the, where's Pierce Brosnan's character's name? What happens to him? What is his name in his the movie? His name is Stu. How horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, yeah. Well, Stu is just a bizarre afterthought. Stu really. start, okay. The last scene that he's mentioned in the plot is Stu starts choking on his dinner and and Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, gives him the Heimlich maneuver. This action causes the prosthetic mouse to peel half his face, to peel half off his face. Um, oh, maybe, he, okay, maybe he just kind of took a walk at that point. <laughs> he's know, like, like All right. I, okay, y'all got, I need to look, what happened to Stu in Mrs. Doubtfire? Because, like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, there's, like, a weird, some unresolved issues with her, with, like, her ex-husband. Like there's issues with custody of the kids and it's like, oh, he's been pretending to be this old woman for the past like six months. Okay. I don't know. You guys figure this out. I'm going to go, uh, you know, date a model or something. He's gone. Yeah. After that point in the movie, he's gone. Like I don't, he doesn't, no one mentions him again. He (laughs) doesn't show up again. So like it's, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think he maybe just peaced. He bounced. So like a a safe falls on him or something right after that. Yeah. And that's the end of it. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, he, I mean, it's something about Pierce Brosnan. Like, even even when he's supposed to be kind of shitty, he's like inherently likable. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I, I don't like. Yeah. I mean, he he had like a certain amount of smarm that I think maybe sort of led to like the the lend itself to the excess of like the later Bond movies where they had to like reboot it to make it so it wasn't like totally over the top. Mm-hmm. But like, even in there was a Jackie Chan movie that came out last year called The Foreigner, or maybe it was this year. Um, where it's like, it's like basically taken both Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. um, like where he's like older and he's, t- but it's, it's Jackie Chan as an, he lives in, uh, the, in London. And so it's Jackie Chan versus the IRA and Pierce Brosnan is Jerry Adams effectively. <laughs> <laughs> so even as like Jerry Adams, who's going to get murked by Jackie Chan, like, or at least, you know, Jackie Chan is out to get whoever, you know, did the bombing or whatever the heard that killed his daughter. Like. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm still not mad, though. You know, like, I mean, maybe that's because of my own sympathetic, you know, sympathies towards the IRA or something. But um, it's just funny that, like, you know, he's clearly like a bad guy overall. He's not yeah. supposed to be like a good guy, but you're still kind of like, yeah, but he's like soft spoken and seems pretty reasonable. You know, whatever. Um, yeah. Foreigner. Check it out. Uh, he plays Jerry Adams. Not really, but um, he, he looks exactly like him. So clearly, <laughs> clearly was meant to be. 
<sighs> so one last thing before we move off of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Do you remember mm-hmm. the scene where uh, where Mrs. Doubtfire tries to poison Stu by dumping cayenne pepper all over his meal after he learns that he's allergic to it? Yeah, I mean, that's not good either, is it? Yeah, that's, that's attempted murder. It's attempted murder. Um, so, yeah, yeah let's... I mean, let's uh, Sorry, do you, do you want to wrap things up when Mrs. Doubtfire there? Well, I was going to say, like, I mean, he's jealous, but, like, does he want the wife back, really, at this point? I don't that, think so. Right? It's not, it's not about that. It's about what's mine. Like, it's like, yeah, you're right. It's The more you delve into his psyche, the more he really is not <laughs> particularly sympathetic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I guess, the, well, the kids also say they knew, like, the whole time. Don't they say that at, like, the custody hearing or something? Don't, don't they, I they think say, so. Like, who knows? Which, which is weird that that would be that that if if that was true, um, that would be very strange. It is strange if true. I mean, also that Mara Wilson, like being like five years old, to be able to keep up like the ruse, that seems um, unlikely to me. But hey, whatever. Um, look, he basically what it is is if he hadn't gotten the TV show, he would have become like an alt right guy because they're all <laughs> <laughs> because God, they're all dark. they're all fa- they're all family court guys. That's like the whole like yeah, you know that's the through line. So in a way, this is a, a positive ending because it could have gone a different way. But, you know, yeah, no, because he true. happened to be a successful uh, uh, showbiz guy, it did not go that way. He got to see the kids again. But, yeah, Stu, Stu got a raw deal. I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree, although I think he probably I think the implication is probably that he was just like, yeah, we've crossed the line on what I'm able to deal with, I think. Yeah, um, you know, I've dealt with a lot, um, but that's it. I'm not really old enough to necessarily be jumping in on a family that has two teenagers. Um, but uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, I guess we'll do it. Yeah. So yeah, well, you're right. Now, now I'm, I'm not gonna be able to watch them. Not that I watch it all the time or you anything. You can't but do next, your daily rewatch. Yeah. Next time I see it, it's ruined now. You're ruined. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, let's, now that we got that, the, the sort of 20 minutes of Mrs. Doubtfire talking <laughs> Let's move on to the real only segment that we do on the show, which is called Get Wrapped. Get Wrapped. It's a segment where we recommend things to our listeners, and those things can be literally anything. And I like to leave it up to the guest as to whether or not you would like to go first. Uh, I would like for you to go first, please. I will go first. So I'm going to recommend a place today. Um, So it's maybe sort of not the kind of thing you can do or enjoy if you're not in the New York area. But um, I'm a coastal elite, so what can I say? I'm going to recommend going to Fire Island. And I hadn't been until um, just a couple of days ago as of this recording. And you have to, like, drive down, and then you take a ferry over. And it's just like a weird little island. It's like a barrier island, and it's just sort of this very narrow strip. And it's just covered in this this boardwalk with all these, like, beautiful houses you know where rich people live and uh just gorgeous dogs everywhere a lot of jersey tourists which is also great um so we just like a few of us just went down there and like just um basically we're just like sitting on the beach for a while just like wandering around we met like three deer i took a picture with a deer um (laughs) because they're completely fearless because there are no cars on the island and like there's no predators or anything. So, um, yeah, just like a lot of deer, 
uh, really nice beach, although it was pretty windy. So it was like just getting sandblasted. Uh, so we did have to leave after a minute, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I always sort of just thought of fire Island as like, you know, like the dunes, like, uh, kind of a debauched, like sexual paradise. And I'm sure it still is, which is great. Um, but it's also just like good for a really corny day out. It's, um, it was, it was really cute. I would go again. Okay. Fire Island. There it yeah. is. Have you been? Uh, I have not been to Fire Island. I don't think if I, if I, I don't think if I ever did, it was when I was like a little kid with my parents or something. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think so though. Yeah. Um, I, uh, let me see. Do I have to, do I have to do, it's one recommendation. You can do more than one. one. Okay. All right. One, well, one thing, this is something I just, I just saw today that I thought was really great. Um, it's a vulture article. Um, or at least New York Magazine or something, but it was an interview with Billy Joel. Did uh-huh. you see this? I haven't seen it, no. Um, it was a big, long interview, and it's just like a kind of like a career retrospective and stuff. And he just like, I've always been kind of a Billy Joel apologist. That's like, it's mm-hmm. like usually, it's kind of like, a, I mean, I didn't grow up in Long Island or anything like that, but um, I don't know. Like, I had like the greatest hits when I was like in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like part of like the sort of pack that you're assigned. I was sure. like, all guys high school, you know, you just kind of get certain stuff, like the Steve Miller Band album um from like 74 to 78 and like a few other things but um I, I, the thing i that i admire about sort of the billy joel cult is that like like i went to one of the garden shows a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. he does those like that residency every month or uh yeah i think it's once a month and uh it's like an irony free zone mm, yeah you go in there and it's like everyone in there is either like a firefighter wife of a firefighter or retired firefighter or the wife of a retired firefighter. That's like everyone in there, (laughs) you know? And then it's like me and my sister went and it was just like these people, like there's just no, it's just like fun, whatever. It's all the song. Like, you know, he has a lot of, a lot of hits. If you, you know, were somebody who listens to that kind of music. Um, and there you just see, you just kind of see these people like in the, in this element. And it's just like, there was a guy like kind of in the pit to the extent that there was a pit at a Billy Joel show. Um, and like this guy loves Billy Joel more than I will ever love anything in my life. You know what I mean? He was just in there just sweating it up, just going nuts. And, uh, you know, I, I, I respect that. So, uh, I, I, I have, I've always kind of been fond of Billy Joel, but this interview is just like, it's super funny because he basically has like no sort of, he doesn't really like give a shit anymore if he ever did. Uh, and I don't really know, you know, I don't think he does this many like long interviews anymore. Uh-huh. So it's just a lot of like, you know. I don't really listen to music anymore or whatever. You know, I listen to classical stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like at one point he says like, um, Rick, like like somebody was like, he, he, cause he stopped making new, new music after like 95, after river of dreams, he put out like a classical album. But other than Mm -hmm. that, he hasn't made any music in like, obviously, you know, was it 23 years? Um, and he, uh, he said that like, he, you know, people have approached him. He's like, yeah, who's that guy? Try to get me uh, to go back to my roots. What was his name? He's like, oh, the guy that's like, oh, Rick Rubin. He goes, yeah, I don't really see the point of that. Whatever. Just like completely dismissing Rick Rubin, who was like this, you know, <laughs> become become this like Svengali sort of like, you know, producer talent. Um, and I don't know. I just I, and he says he has a great idea for like his farewell tour. You know, like he doesn't really know. He doesn't have a plan on how it's going to end. But like he said, he wants to just book up a show where there's there's bulletproof glass between him and the audience and it's just and the stage is set up like a living room and he's just gonna sit down on the couch in the living room and just watch tv 
until everyone gets really mad and starts throwing shit at the glass and then the show <laughs> and then the show will end and it's like well this way they will never pay to see me again and that's how we can just end the relationship oh my god so, um yeah i can i don't know i can send you the link or something if you want to put it in the description or whatever i feel weird recommending like an art like an article you know no no, no yeah we'll put it in the show notes that's great. that was like that was like the best thing i saw today um other than that um i guess in terms of like a more sort of substantial thing i would say um oh, this is tough i have like three different tv shows i'm just saying they're all very different um i guess i'll do yeah i'll do uh i'll do forged and fire that's a show that um i'm really into wait uh, is that the uh danny trio show no it's where they make the knives oh yeah no he's he has a show called men at arms yeah oh, which okay. is also about swords but yeah 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 well, the the thing that I like about it is it's like a, it's like a it's inherently like you think it's like a tough guy thing, you know, yeah. or at le- or at least like a you know big beard guy thing, you know, with like a utilical. And don't get me wrong, there is a lot of that, especially early on. But what what strikes me about it is that it's like a it's a very like kind show. Like even though it's competitive, there's mm. never any. It's not like the, it's not like most American reality shows where it's like you know they're out to get each other. It really reminds me a lot of like British Baking Show, where they are sort of like all on the same team, even though people get eliminated, they're like, they're helping each other. Cause they're all really into like, you know, the culture of, well, either blades or, uh, I guess baking, depending on which show. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. I was like completely transfixed by it for like, I think it's on the history channel app or whatever. And I think some of them are on Hulu, but, um, strong recommend for that. It's very, it's very fun. Or if you don't have that, if you have Netflix, just watch British bake off. You get it's the same principle basically. Um, People are just a little bit more polite, and nobody gets uh, heat exhaustion on British Bake Off, to my knowledge. <laughs> but so for the because they film Forge and Fire in Bushwick, they have like a where there's like a warehouse oh, or something. Wow. Yeah, because um, because like, like sometimes like people have to go outside because it's too hot, mm-hmm. and they'll just be like on whatever street that is. And I was like, hang on a second, I think I recognize. Yeah, all right. And so, um, yeah, so the the Forge, so to speak, is uh, is is not too far from us. So also a little bit of a thrill for me. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's. I'm gonna go wait outside to spot some some bladesmiths. Yeah, well, there's, there's a guy who won a couple times. He won like the regular thing, and then he won like the champions thing. And he he lives in Bushwick, and he's like he does like what? sell he sell he does like bladesmithing like classes and stuff. Um, and I have to convince if I can convince Kath and Eli to maybe someday we can do that. Um, if we can figure out a way to make it so we're not just spending hundreds of dollars, I don't think it's that cheap, but um. Maybe we can trade a little bit of publicity to this guy. For this yeah. Because I can't imagine there's that big a community. They don't even have a Twitter account for this show, for God's sake. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, so Fortune Fire, check it out. Uh, check out the Billy Joel thing. I'll send you the link. Um, and uh, that's it for Oh, Gremlins too. also. Why not? It's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Not Mrs. Doubtfire, though. Now no, it's been, I mean, now skip it's been that ruined. one. It's. Yeah, I mean, it's a dark comedy about the descent of one man into a life of crime um, and and a, <laughs> test, right. a test of how much another man can take. And um, they both. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, yeah, it's it's fucked up, you know, it's I would like, actually I would be interested in seeing a, like a Mrs. Doubtfire 1.5. Mm-hmm. You know how they do that with like they did it with like the Lion King where it was like from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. It was uh-huh. like the whole story. But like that, but from Stu's perspective, just like, all right, <laughs> this is definitely the dad in like an outfit, right? This is not a real woman. Um, 
Like, does anyone else, no one else? How how long am I going to hang around here? Do I, like, am I really the only one who can tell that they're never in the same room together? This is like a movie makeup. This is, come on, we're really going to. It was done by, what's his name? It was done by Harvey. Harvey Firestein. Yeah, like, just, he's, what? How? Oh, and he threw, and I'm pretty sure he threw that lime at me. I, you know, I can't prove it. I think it, he but, might have uh, tried to kill me with, po- like, no, he knew that I was allergic, and I think he tried to poison me. Yeah. Fuck so this. Actually, I'm it, going back to be James Bond. Yeah. That's I was, it. like, on a little retreat from the whole agent thing. I ran away, but this is harder. Yeah. I mean, like, he was, like, maybe 40 when that movie came out. Like, he did not need to, he didn't have to, need to spend any time dealing no. with this. All right. No. He's still... You could still be out there, Tom catting around. He does not need to be trying to settle down with. Uh, what does Sal- what what does Sally Field even do? Is she some like high powered executive or something? At I least, think so. I'm gonna look this up, and it'll be the last thing I look up about Mrs. Jeffar today and for always. Maybe she works in advertising. That's that was that like would go-to. make that's like a good yeah go to '90s kind of you know pointless or like characterless. Uh... I work at a magazine. I'm a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's a freelance voice actor and she is not, the Wikipedia article does not describe her profession. Wow. Pretty messed up. We're erasing her whole deal too. Wow. This is real, every, everything about this is really, uh, just. Wait, I am uh, going to look on the Mrs. Doubtfire wiki for a second. Um, because that exists. And, um, she um doesn't uh, who knows the, even the mrs doubtfire wiki wow do better uh mrs doubtfire online community okay yeah, come do better on, come on most what Mis- are the popular page okay one of the pop- popular pages on the mrs doubtfire wiki is mrs doubtfire <laughs> but the question is okay, wait 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 the article opens Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Mrs. Doubtfire was the main character in the film. What? what? <laughs> um, someone commented on this two days ago. Are they keeping kayfabe with Mrs. Doubtfire? Or do they, like, do they like talk about like her as if she's a real person? I, or is it just like... You know what? I don't know. And I don't want to know. I think yeah. I'm... I think there's an article on Pudgy the Pair. I, no, we got to stop. We got to stop. Um... This is the descent into madness. Yeah, we gotta we gotta veer off, um, pull pull out of that um, that drain. But I think that's a good time to maybe wrap up before we get into deep there. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really nice to get to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. I learned a lot tonight about yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. I think we all did. Uh, <laughs> I learned a lot about baseball and Gremlins too. So it was an exchange of information. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm sure most people listening to the show already follow you, but do you want to tell people where they can find you online and then maybe um, some of the details about your uh, your comedy show? Yeah, sure. So I'm Patty Mo on, I think, all this, all the stuff that I use anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I also have a podcast with Cat uh, Barbadoro and Eli Uden. It's called uh, What a Time to Be Alive. Um, it's basically it's like a dumb news countdown. Um, and uh, that's uh, comes out every Wednesday. Um, I'm sure you can just check my feed. I'll be mm-hmm. promoting it or whatever. And then uh, every Friday I have a yeah, stand-up show at Karma Lounge in the East Village. Um, it's at like 3rd and 1st. 
every Friday at like, uh, let's say 8.30 ish. The show ahead of us always runs over, but um, better to say 8.30 than to say 9 and have nobody show up till 9.30. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a little, little peek behind the curtain there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 pretty much my whole deal. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. Uh, hopefully see you at the show or hope you enjoy the podcast or whatever. Either way, I'm just glad we were involved in such a servicey exchange, just teaching each other about these vital yeah, um, it was great. things. Things from, 20, <laughs> we, yeah. things from at least 25 <laughs> years ago. <sighs> well, uh, thank you again. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great night. Thanks, you too. Bye. All right, later. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>